Hey friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host of the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together, tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. I am so excited. Today we have Susan Spears. See, she is the CEO of UACPA. We're going to learn a lot more about her. She is one of my heroes, and I just want to grow up to be her one day. So I'm truly excited to have her on the podcast. You're in for a treat, so hang in there with us. We're going to have a moment for our podcast sponsors. This makes it possible so you can get this podcast every single week for free. So give them a listen, and then we'll jump right into our conversation. Have you ever felt scared swiping your card at a cash register, not knowing if it would be declined or maxed out on your credit limit? Believe me. I've been there, holding my breath, waiting to check out. Thankfully, all of that fear melted away and turned into confidence when I took a financial literacy course. The PowerPay Money Master course has changed my experience at the cash register from fearful to fearless. The online course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. USU Extension is offering a free Money Master course to all Full Confidence Ahead listeners. Go to extensioncourses.usu edu slash katie ann powell and add the money master course to your cart the link will give you the 40 dollars course for free you can also get the course discount by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the money master course under the finance category use the code katie ann k-a-t-i-e-a-n-n with no spaces at checkout to claim your 40 dollars discount and free course As a podcaster and a one-woman show, it takes a lot of time to record, edit, and produce my episode. There is no way I could run my podcast on my own if I didn't have Podflow. Podflow is an AI-based podcasting tool that enhances audio recordings, writes show notes, and makes audio timestamps all within literally minutes. It's given me the power to be a one-woman show by giving me back my time. If you have your own podcast or are considering making your own, head over to podflow.ai to create your account. Podflow will give you a free trial to get just a taste of their product. And when you're ready to purchase their product, it's affordable and purchased by the month. So you can go month by month with your podcasting process. Get ready to podcast like me and get your Podflow account at podflow.ai. Okay, Susan, I am thrilled to have you. Do you want to just say hello to our audience really quick? Yes. Hello, everyone. It's so good to be with you. I'm excited to share with you whatever Katie has in mind. So let's roll on. We are so excited. Let me introduce you a little bit to our podcast listeners. So you are the current CEO of UACPA, and you've been that since July 2013. That is impressive. Let me just say that. (laughs) Oh, thanks. You know, it was, it's a role I never expected. In all honesty, I had my own CPA practice. I'd been, um, had it honestly for about 25 years before I came on with the Utah Association of CPAs. And um, honestly, I thought I would die with the tax return in one hand and the snicker bars in the other. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's the best thing ever. Oh my goodness. I just think that's so fun. So formerly you had your own practice and you were specializing with, with small business, correct? Yes. I loved growing small businesses from just from the ground up. Um, it's kind of fun to drive around and think, Oh, I know about this business and that business. And 
and just, I, I don't know. I just felt like we all kind of grew up together. Mm, I love that. You know, that is so fun. You had these, these decades of experience with these businesses and you, like you have created this community on the financial side, but that is such, that is such their part of growth that you've been part of the journey, creating this community. It's so fun. But not only that with creating community, you are quite politically active with the Utah legislator, legislature, specifically with tax and fiscal policy, which we thank you for that. Thank you for helping <laughs> us with that. Oh, you know, it, it's, it's morbidly kind of fun. Um, <laughs> I honestly got started in my own practice. So I dealt with a lot of construction and real estate. Which is kind of funny. You think construction, I mean, how many female contractors do you know? I mean, oh, not many, not like many. One, I mean, like one out of the hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, I know, I know a few, a handful, but I got started. I mean, I've always kind of been a little bit of a political junkie, but um, as I worked with clients, I, I honestly got started working with lien laws here in the huh. state of Utah and some of the discrepancies that there were between general contractors and our subcontractors and our subcontractors would often be left holding the bag in some situations. So that was kind of my initiation, if you will. And then of course, as I joined UACPA tax and physical policy, that that's the name of the game, you know, that we watch not only as an organization for our members, but um, for our Utah citizens. Yeah. That's so impressive. <laughs> I love that you love that. It's fun. I I think that's so so awesome that you think it's fun to do that and um and to protect the members, to protect the the general population. We need help with taxes. It's so interesting because I think taxes are so overwhelming for the general population. And you just like take it in stride. This is well, you, you know, you kind of get I don't know that you ever get used to it, but it's it's kind of what we do. And um, I think I, I always say that for what I do now, being in public practice was my training ground. Mm. You know, so when I'm up on the hill, I can apply that knowledge from having worked. I mean, having actually worked in the trenches and have a little bit of a better understanding as to the impacts, not only on businesses, but individuals, because it always trickles down to the individual um, level with the way thing with the way we create our businesses. So I can always look at that, but I can also put on my other hands and understand um, the, the administration of it because the CPAs were the ones that, if you will, were administering the laws. We prepare these returns, but then I can also see it from that tax policy or fiscal policy standpoint from, um, the revenue coffers for, for our state. Mm. So it's, it's kind of a, maybe a nerdy geeky thing, but it's, it's also really cool. You have so many different hats in that space. And I think you're the kind of person I'm like, no wonder you're the CEO of UACPA because you can wear all those different hats. You can see the different angles. You can understand the meaning and then you can make harmony out of all of them. And I think that's where the true balance and where you find the fun, where I yeah. want to, I want to find the fun in that one day. But for right now, I'm like, oh, that's just a little stressful. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, oh dear and it's so fun so for our podcast listeners also so susan spears she is over she's on so many different boards like her community outreach and service also is so expansive and she's very involved in the financial literacy scene and she gives back in that way so she's on the board for the utah council for economic education she's also on the board with jumpstart for financial literacy in utah and she's also the chair of the Utah Financial Literacy Empowerment Coalition under Marlo Oaks, our state treasurer. And that's where I kind of connected with her is we're both, uh, we're both in that um, council together. And I just sat there and was like, holy cow, this is a woman who's into financial li- literacy and, and in her community. And I just was like, I, I just want to become her and connected with her. So I am so grateful for that. And I also love in her bio that um, she loves having fun with her husband, Steve, her two kids and her two grandkids, snowmobiling, hiking, boating, and doing music. So we love that. Oh, thank you. Well, you know what? Important for me, family is the root of everything. If we don't have family, society falls apart. Is so true, you know, and and for me, I mean, that's one of the reasons I honestly got involved in some of the financial literacy uh, movement way, way back. I mean, you're probably aware that um, Utah was the first state that had the mandated a financial literacy requirement for our uh, high school kids to graduate. It wasn't very popular at first, but you know, years later, I think that about 23 other states have jumped on board. So I think we're on to something. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, I think we're on to something too. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> I just wanted, let's start off our conversation with, with family and business and the intersection there, because you have clearly, you have held many CEO positions. You have run your own business. And also, I love how you said family is the backbone. Like that is the backbone of society and of your life. How did you balance family and running a business um, and doing career at the same time? Where where was that balance for you? It was, it, you know, it was hard um, to to complicate things further. My husband has his own business, Ooh. so <laughs> we always joked that we had his and her businesses. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But we just, we made it work. I mean, we, um, we just made it work. We planned around things. Um, I've always been grateful that I'm an early riser. I mean, you know, there were many times I'd get up at 4.30 or 5 in the morning before the kids got up, get a few things done. Um, and we had help. I mean, I mean, I had people that helped watch my kids, for which I'm very grateful. I mean, that was so helpful to know that they were safe at times but we just we just worked together and then as the kids grew up we learned how to plan we would have family planning meetings I think I mean it 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 sounds so kind of corny but you know they as they grow up kids get involved in things and I and we thought it was important felt that it was important that they explore what their talents and strengths are so we just it was intentional planning and um knowing family strategy, if you will, knowing that we wanted our kids to be upstanding citizens as well. I love that. I'm totally with you. We did family planning too, because there was no way that we could get everyone everywhere and all the projects and every, but not only the things that were happening, but the the goals and visions, not just letting life happen, but really 
making happen what you were hoping to happen get done and so I'm I'm a family planning proponent too I'm like yes I believe in that (laughs) because there's no (laughs) way I don't know how people do it all without planning and I love that that family strategy so you really worked as a team with your husband yes Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Yes. And I mean, even today, I mean, our kids are gone. We're we're living the in the lap of luxury of empty nesters, which um, honestly is kind of fun, but we're grateful that our kids are close. But, you know, now we have grandkids. Mm-hmm. And so it's fun. It's kind of interesting to watch what your kids have picked up from you. Parents, they really do learn things good <laughs> and bad. <laughs> You know, they they pick up those habits that you teach them. And so that, you know, I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love it. I just really love that you have, we've started off this podcast with the, the backbone of everything has been the family, because I think that's where a lot of your success has come from. And I want to kind of transition into being a woman CPA and how that felt, um, mostly I feel like it's a male-dominated area, just in the financial scene in general, but specifically with CPAs. How did you go about through education and through your career being a, a woman leader? You're you're really a woman pioneer in these areas. I'm, I'll be honest, it hasn't been easy. Um, you know, things have changed so much. I mean, I mean, you know, and it's, it's a community effort. I mean, I remember, I remember, um, when I was interviewing in college, you you know, here I am senior getting ready to graduate interviewing with firms and everything. And, and back then, so this will date me a little bit. We had affirmative action. So it's, you know, I'm watching all this stuff and it's like, ah, here we go again, same thing, different name. And I remember I interviewed with a firm and um, it was honestly the firm I wanted to go work for. And, you know, I'm to the third round of interviews. The partner says, well, we have to hire two women and it's between you and one other female. And I remember, I, you know, I come, um, my grandmother was a female entrepreneur. So I wasn't going to have, I mean, so it's like, I, I, didn't understand that. I thought, well, anybody can do anything. So I remember getting up and I remember looking at him and I said, well, if you're hiring me based on just because I'm a female, I, I can't work for you. And I remember I got up, left the office, down the elevator to my car and honestly cried all the way home thinking, well, I guess I'm not going to get a job and I'm certainly not going to work for this organization. So things have come a long ways. Um, you know, I think that we're finally recognizing that we need all sorts of different people at the table, but it's, it's been kind of brutal getting there. Um, and it's not, not just male versus female, but female versus female. I mean, I think as females, we've had to learn how to help each other up the ladder rather than clawing each other on the backs, if you will, I mean, you know we've had to bring in men. I mean, male allyship is so important because it is, I mean, it is, uh, you know, we're graduating 50, 50, as far as male, female accounting students. But if we look, but if we look at the reality of what our profession looks like, it's 75, 25. So we've got some challenges. Wow. I love that you brought in also 
not only this male allyship, but also the female versus female, because that is so true. Um, sometimes I feel like with women in the workplace or women equity, a lot of times there's this to get where women need to go. There tends to be this overall hardness to get there of like a little bit of, of aggressiveness. And I'm not saying that aggressive is bad, but in this sense, it, it tweaks to a little uh uh, not so good of progression side where it's kind of elbowing everyone else out of the way. Yep. Claws on the back, um, bold to the point of overbearing, not bold in a kind way. Um, how as women can we support each other instead of have that? It's kind of interesting because it's like women have been, haven't had the same rights or same workplace. And so naturally I think it's like, Oh, push through everyone, get like elbow your way through. And white knuckle it but instead how do we gracefully grow and and recognize that another woman's growth isn't my downfall but actually my gain well I, I think you've said that very well I mean that you've said that very elegantly um it, it's okay for us as women to be women I mean as women we have a different set of traits than our male counterparts if you will and we need to put them to work because that's that's what makes us those differences that we have is what makes us so valuable, you know, as we're around the boardroom or as we're helping others grow. And I and we have this natural capability, if you will, that we we want to nurture, we want to help. And I, I think that we went through a phase, kind of as I look back over the years, as women, we thought, well, we have to we have to be like the guys. Mm-hmm. Well, the the men have their own set of traits, which are fabulous, which also helps with with the growth and the broadening of business or community or whatever. So I, I think that as we've gotten back to this nurture, if you will, it's okay to help each other out. It's okay to help up help us all go up that ladder. It's okay to help laterally. Um it's you know be who you are don't be who you are not because I think that that was some the the boldness the boldness in a bad way it was like we were kind of all acting like something that we really weren't and it wasn't working I mean it didn't work I totally agree it's so true it's suddenly people kind of alter their personalities to get where they thought they wanted to go but then realize that when you're not being your, who you are with your mm-hmm. traits, that's a very unhappy place to be, mm-hmm. but rather finding an organization and finding a space where your natural talents and abilities can shine through. And I love how you said that all of those traits are valuable at the table, both those masculine traits, both those feminine traits. However, we want to define those traits, but they're, they're valuable at the table and that to make business decisions, all of them when you're at it, it's interesting because I know there's been studies done with like women in conference rooms and speaking up. How do you have, how do how do you have the courage to speak your thoughts? And also how are you made sure that not only your thoughts are spoken, but heard? Because a lot of times I think women have this challenge of they speak up and then it's like the ideas fall dead a little bit. It's tough. It takes practice. I I mean, I remember being that person on the board table and, you know, initially we're seeing, we're seeing the numbers change. I mean, I think that there's some research out that basically says that if we have 
between 30 and 40% of females at the table, they're heard. Mm -hmm. I remember being one female around the table or, or working with clients and it's like, what do you know? You know, you kind of go through these different phases. Um, but, but it's, I always approach things from, I always made sure I was prepared, but also backed up my thoughts with, with maybe an example or a story or whatever, mm. you know, to kind of put it in a little different context. So I want, I wanted to teach, if you will, in various ways, the point I was trying to put across. And I, I mean, I still do that even today as I work, um, with the legislature on various issues, it's, you know, I find myself giving examples or the, what if we do this, you know, because it's for me, if I can engage them in the conversation, if I can pull them, pull people into the palm of my hands and they can do the same with me. I, th I think that that's where change, if you will, negotiation or progress happens. That's fascinating. So you really practiced and prepared before. So I'm hearing from you to, to have those examples. You're prepping before this board meeting or any meeting, finding your ideas, finding your examples, bringing mm -hmm. those to the table, practicing them. Did you ever practice them out loud, like saying them? Oh, yeah. I have a, I have a, um, in my home office, I have a little half bath. <laughs> Would often find myself standing at the sink in front of the mirror doing my little spiel. And, and sometimes I still do that. Um, you know, I mean, and part of it's like, as I'm doing it, I'm envisioning the audience. I always do my best to know who my audience is and what little, what I can say that will maybe prick them to the core a little bit to get those little, um, wheels turning, you know, how does this impact Mr. Brown personally or professionally? You know, so it's, I mean, there's, for me, there's a, a it, it's kind of natural, but it's just, I want to know who my audience is and, and the impact. Mm, that is smart. I just love that. Cause sometimes we look at seasoned people like you are, your professional career is incredible. You still practice. And that, that gives me a lot of confidence and a lot of ability of, I think sometimes we look at professionals or people who are in the spots that we eventually want to be. We think, wow, like it's just so natural to them. But the fact to know is you practice this, you envisioned it, you prepared for that. It gives me the confidence of, wait, if you put the work, I can also put the work and eventually get there one day. Mm -hmm. It's not just like a talent that I don't have yet. It's something that, that I can practice, right? Right. You'll gain it. I mean, it, it comes and, and it does get easier, but you know, it's, um, it's just that, that prep time, I, you know, I mean, yeah, if I need to, I can shoot off the hip, but I always like to know that I have something in my back pocket <laughs> if I need it. Right. I love that too. Cause it's also, uh, your response also isn't like, oh, well this gender doesn't listen or this gender doesn't listen. It's like, no, no matter who's in the room, you just need to prepare because whoever, whatever gender, whatever identity they have, doesn't matter. Preparing for them, pricking their hearts in the right way and mentally preparing yourself. That's where success is. And that's where you're hurt. And I think that's both male, female, anything else. However, the identity is it's, it's how you prepare, right? 
Right. Everybody wants to be heard. I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, look at what's happening in our world today. Everybody wants to be heard. Mm-hmm. And, and I think just that little bit of intentional listening, that goes so far. Mm. That is so true. I'm going to now flip it as you're now as your CEO, as you're on so many boards, how do you make sure that people are heard? Like what are some tips and techniques that we can take away when we're in a board meeting to better listen and not just be thinking about our preparation, our ideas, but but sitting around the table and actually listening? Well, I think that you have to be intentional. I, I think that when you go in or, you know, I mean, you have to intentionally listen. Oftentimes we're thinking about what we're going to say or how we're going to respond to a remark or whatever. Um, That's hard not to do. It's something I think that you have to practice. But I think also that as people are talking or expressing opinions, um, ask questions, you you know, show some interest. There's, there's nothing wrong with asking a question. Yeah. Become a part of the conversation. I love that. You know, I, I, as you're saying that, I'm just thinking the more I'm a part of someone else's idea, I think the more they also turn back and become a part of my idea. So Mm -hmm. that's a full circle right there. And I love that you say ask questions because I think sometimes in meetings, a lot of times people throw out ideas and sometimes it goes fast or I feel embarrassed. Like, Oh, am I the only one who didn't quite get that all the way, but just being brave enough to ask a question does put me part of the conversation. And does tell the other person, Hey, I listened to your idea. I'm here. Yeah. Um, well, I love that. I think something else that I noticed that often happens, um, you know, whether you're with a client, your business colleagues or whatever, oftentimes there's somebody that's maybe a little more quiet, mm-hmm. maybe a little more reserved and they're waiting for that question or that, you know, you know, so-and-so, what do you think about this? And sometimes the best things come out of the mouths of those that are a little more reserved. They, they just need a little bit of help to get it out. And, and it's okay. We all have different ways we communicate or, you know, some of us are more flamboyant, if you will, others are more reserved and it's kind of understanding the dynamic of the personality that you're working with. And it's being, being aware I love that. I, I, my overarching, what I'm taking from you too, is knowing people and not just businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's understanding the personalities of the people at your table, the that's preparing for them in very specific ways of what's going to break their hearts. That's working with people. And I, I love how you, how you're, you're like CEO, you've run all these things, but you've boiled it down to people and like that's even why you do all your legislation is people. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the backbone of our society is people. So I love how you've kind of boiled it down to it's the people that are important. And then the policy or the business that we do supports the people, right? Right. Impact of people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what makes the world go round. That's so true. Oh, it's so true. Susan, you are just a delight to be with and, and to get a glimpse into your journey and your business journey. And as we wrap up, we would just talk to you here for about five more hours because you <laughs> have all the education, all the experiences you have are just delightful for us to listen to. But I want to ask a wrap up question. And that is what is one piece of advice you'd give your younger self to boost your confidence? 
You know, that's a tough question. I've had to think about that a little bit. Um, I often, you know, but, but as I came down to it, I thought everything's going to work out. We, we get to have challenges for a reason. Challenges make us stronger. It's like, just go, live through, live through the challenge, learn from the, learn from the challenges. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be fine. I love that. I love that because you're so right. We all have challenges and in the middle of them, it doesn't feel fine. Mm-mm. But now I'm going to just remember, okay, Susan told me it's going to be okay. I'm going to live past this. Like it's going to be okay. <laughs> it has been a delight to have you on we just want to thank you so much for being on with us to sharing your experiences your thoughts i'm walking away a better person you can walk into a boardroom and be more prepared and more listening to both cheer on my female allies and my male allies and all others and also as i have grace for others that i think will will all grow and that's that's all from that i took away from our our podcast today from listening to you. So thank you for being on with us. Thank you for gracing us with your knowledge. We are overjoyed. Well, thank you. It's all, it's always a delight. And, and you've had some great words of wisdom as well. It's been a fabulous conversation. Thank you. After every episode, I'm amazed at what each of our guests have accomplished in their lives. They inspire me to go for my dreams and seize opportunities. The reality of life is that every opportunity and dream has a financial implication and knowing how to manage and grow your money will not only help you achieve your goals, but also get to them faster. Utah Money Moms has been a resource for me to learn how to better manage my money and turn my dreams into reality. Their website is full of interactive material to engage all learning styles. My favorite resource is their free monthly webinars where I can listen and have my questions answered by financial counselors and educators. Head on over to utahmoneymoms.com or Utah Money Moms on Instagram to access free empowering material. Again, that is utahmoneymoms.com or Utah Money Moms on Instagram. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, You got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.